0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting
1: stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. Oh, I said good morning. I've said good morning several times. You know what that sound is, Cindy? Yes. That is straight talk. It's so much fun. But I just want to say that our last guest was phenomenal. I thought she did a great job. She said she was nervous, but I don't believe it. Very articulate. And so, but this is your opportunity now to call in the show with a theological question. I'm not saying I can answer it. I can answer it. I'm not saying I can answer it correctly, but I'll try. That's 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or on our Facebook page for uh, Real Presence Live and Catholic Real.
2: How many times have you been stumped? Uh, I, I
1: never, I've never been stumped because I make something up oh, and I just speak nice. with authority. Gosh, and so people just I, kind of believe it.
2: I wish I was but, better at that.
1: But here's the thing, and okay, so this is like clockwork, I say it every time, I'm gonna say it again. Our listeners, our faithful listeners, for this time they don't start calling in until the second half or like the last ten minutes. Right? Doesn't True. it happen every time? I, so yeah, there's do still a
2: couple. Do we have a surprising. courageous
1: soul that will call in right away and break the ice? Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. It's your opportunity to ask any theological question you want. It doesn't even have to be theological. Any question. It could be any question.
2: What about the college girls? They could call in.
1: Even the college girls can call in. Not oh, the one the, driving. Not oh, the one, oh, the not ones the one driving. driving. Well, yeah. Well, she could if she had hands-free. The ones that I did the shout-out, and they're not all girls, I don't think, uh, at the beginning of the show. But anyhow, 877 uh, 795 this is an opportunity to fake my theological knowledge. And so... Uh, this is your opportunity to try and stump a priest. Not to stump me. It's the point is to try and get um, any type of information you want about anything that our our Catholic faith touches everything in our lives, or it ought to. So any aspect of life is free game here to call. And so you don't even have to be on the air. You can just like tell the person that answers the phone your question, and they'll submit it to us. If you're nervous. Nothing to be nervous about.
2: Mm-mm. I got a question.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Right. But Ooh. did you get it approved by the studio? No, but okay, yeah.
2: they wouldn't I'm not have supposed me to an- on here. I'm not if... supposed
1: to answer it until it turns green on the screen, Cindy. Oh,
2: well, then I just won't ask it. No, go ahead. Ah. When, do we, when, when do you think we'll get altar boys back for the for servers,
1: masses? Act, well, altar boys. Um, uh, well, I mean, that's the only thing that's keeping me from doing it is that when the kid comes up and holds the book, when I say, let us pray. Because, you know, then it's like I'm not wearing a mask when I'm presiding over masks. And so it's like then the spittle or whatever you want to say, the little tiny spit stuff comes out. I don't want to get the kid sick. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing. Actually, we could start doing it now as long as the kid doesn't do that part. Okay. Although they come and do the hand washing, but I'm speaking inaudibly, as they say, without.
2: You can spit on my kids. i will be fine. Okay. All right. They need
1: some germs. Yeah. But then your kids would have to serve every single.
2: <laughs> oh, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Once a month is good.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm oh,
2: bringing
1: a question. Oh, okay. It's something to do with servers, but I'm I'm I have to wait till it turns green. You know, just so are you people in Radio Land, we actually have this screen in front of us and and we can't answer the question even though we see it. We can't answer it until it turns until the people that are our bosses tell us it's okay. And so anyhow, uh eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the phone number or our Facebook page.
2: You know we were talking about the Newman Center? Yes, and Father Mike has the number one podcast right now.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Father I'm Mike is crazy. Like a, he's like a superstar. Oh, famous guy. I
2: know. I need to jump on board on that.
1: Yeah, I feel like I have to get his autograph every time I see him. He's just like my brother priest. Like, I don't do it though. I don't ask him.
2: I know he is my favorite. You're number
1: two though. Oh, thank. Oh, I moved up. I was number four. Oh no, you're three. You're three. Oh okay, all right. You're three. Well, I moved up once. We got Father Michael. Oh boy, we won't say. <laughs> Not to be confused with Father Mike, but anyhow. Father Michael's a good friend. So 877-795-0122. It is proof that people are not calling or are, are people calling in? Any we'll know. get them.
2: They will come. No, it'll be fine. What else do you want to talk about?
1: I want to talk about.
2: Oh, here's a question I have from someone. You
1: got another question. from
2: Cheryl. What if the kids have already had COVID? Can they be a server?
1: I have no problem with it. It's, it's kind of up to me. It's up to the individual priest. I think. Would you, know, you feel safe, or so do you think? I have in the no problem. Do, I have no problem doing it. Well, okay. we can talk about that. Well, the folders these are ten. in. That's a lot of them. There's a. Well, yeah, only one serves. Well, one though. serves. Okay. So anyhow, two? we do have two. Should be getting taught. Okay. So anyhow, Lynn is on the line. Sorry, um, uh, Cindy was really uh, distracting me. Lynn from Sioux Falls. Are you on the air? Yes, I'm here.
0: Lynn.
1: Thank you, you get the prize Love for him. being the first caller, and there's nothing to give you as a prize. But you you get the pride of being the first caller. So what's, what's your question, Lynn? Well,
0: I, I was feeling bad that you didn't have anybody calling. So. That was my oh, whole my point. God. Catholic
1: <laughs> guilt works outside <laughs> of Mass as well. It can also work on the radio show. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. At my age, I've got a lot of that. Um, <laughs> anyway, like after the consecration, when the servers go back to the other side of the sanctuary... And they always bow at the altar, but the altar is empty. Why don't they bow towards the tabernacle where the um, where the body of Christ is? Yeah, that's and they a, that... do it like other times during mass or before mass too. But I don't understand why they do it at the empty altar versus the tabernacle behind yeah. the altar.
1: Yeah, Lynn, that's a that's an excellent um, uh, question. I'm glad you asked it. And so, in the context of the mass itself, uh, bows are to be done rather than genuflecting, except for when the priest genuflects at certain times. So in the context of the mass, mm-hmm. you bow and you bow always towards the altar because that's where the sacrifice happened in the context of that, that liturgical act, what we, what we call the Eucharist or what we call the mass. And so the, the tabernacle is not the focal point during the mass. The altar is, and so, uh, uh, and so that's why we, because during the action, you know, that's where Christ is going to leap, literally leap from heaven onto earth is at that altar. And so um, the focal point is always at that, at that altar rather than the tabernacle. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: That makes perfect sense. All, you know, I got it now, so.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great that answer. I've been
0: was thinking a, about it for a while, so well, thank you. I
1: hope I put that to rest for you.
0: Yes, I'm okay now.
1: All right, you get the prize, Lynn. <laughs> Congratulations, being the first <laughs> caller. And if you want to be second place, you can call 877-795-0122, or you can reach us on our Facebook page and submit a question that way. There. Well, That's good. Yeah, I think we got another uh, – I think we have somebody else coming in eventually, but we have to wait to, for it to turn green.
2: So what do you want to talk about? Well,
1: I mean, I, I kind of like that – you know, I mean, that last question was always – even in my mind, I was a, I often wondered that. And you know, just doing a little bit more study on it, I understand and appreciate what the—the the point of it is. But we do have somebody else—a listener's question. It looks like they are not on the air. Do you want me to read it? Or do you want to sure. read it? All right, because I know your eyes are bad. All right, so it says this is Casey from Duluth. I have a friend who is a Muslim, and he and I have friendly conversations about religion. He's pointed out numerous times to me where in the Bible, where in the Bible does it say Jesus is God? we've looked and can't find it anywhere. Can you tell me how to respond to that?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I would say
1: that there's a lot of places actually in the Bible where it says Jesus is God. I mean, Gospel of John is probably the most clear example because we you know the the symbol of the Gospel of John is the eagle, all right? And so the eagle is because it's you know the eagle soars high, you know, and and the theology of John soars high compared to the other three Gospels because it's written later and so the understanding of who Jesus was had more time to sink through to the early church as to who who is this Jesus really and so it's really reflected in the gospel of John so you'll see all sorts of places in the gospel of John where Jesus is in essence saying he and the father are one they are one they are not separate they are one and and so uh, you can't you can't say that and then not say he's not divine and so i mean i mean there's i'm not one of these guys i can like cite chapter and verse uh but all you read the gospel of john you're not gonna have any questions about the divinity of god of, of god the son the divinity of, and even in paul's writings you know i mean paul's writing all the time about the divinity of jesus and so i i'm a, a little bit surprised at the question uh to where you know i mean where you'd be questioning where in the new testament in particular does it say that jesus is god john's gospel in primarily primarily is the be the most clear indication of that good question though very yeah, good question that's good and it's great uh, Casey that you're having a uh, good theological questions and conversations with people of other faiths that's an important thing I like what Father um, or now Bishop Barron says uh, he says and I'm not saying this about Casey but Bishop Barron says you know there's nothing wrong with a good argument you know I mean as, as long as an argument is a free exchange of ideas
2: we need more of those we need, really. we
1: need good arguments especially when it comes to religion it's not a it's not a matter of uh, you know I mean being uncharitable to one another, but a, a good solid argument is a good way to to hash out differences. We are not the same as Muslims, Catholics. We're not the same as Lutherans. There are differences, and so hashing out those differences in a good uh, um, argument that is um, uh, charitable is, is very important. All right, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is our phone number. We've had one caller and one other uh, submitted question. We uh, we can take other questions. eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or on our Facebook page.
2: And we are talking about college campuses. I think it's so important to be able to debate and to bring stuff up and and say it in a way that allows someone to think deeper. We just mm-hmm. we're lacking in that every I th- everywhere.
1: I think when we argue, we're not interested in other people's opinions. We're just interested in telling them ours. I think that's what, I think that's, that's where, uh, arguing is, becomes counterproductive to be open-minded and, you know, I mean, open-minded on certain points, but not on like theological points. Like, like Brandon, our last guest said, I liked what she said is that, you know, diversity in Catholic teaching is not a beautiful thing. And so, uh, I totally agree with that. And so when you have an argument being open, when I say being open to other people's opinions, it doesn't mean being open to truths that are not true. You know, but there's so many aspects of our faith that you can debate and can discuss. That's perfectly fine. You now, know? Can we start? Stop like, calling them truths. Though like, there's like, only one truth. No, I know there's only one truth. I, I know it's kind of like a. I know it's like the word it's, of the It's day, taken but, over. Yeah, there is only one truth. There's only one objective society, truth. Yeah. But you can argue in certain points, like even within our Catholic faith, it's like something is mundane as saying, "Well, you know." When can servers start? Well, I think they should be able to start now. And I say, no, they can't start now. And you can have a debate and discussion about that. You know, it's not an arguing about a truth. You know, it's an arguing about how do we exercise our faith within the context of the truth.
2: And the more you do it, the easier it gets. The more you do what? The more you talk to people and debate people and ask questions. I mean, right. you become more comfortable with it. And you, for me, I like to just think about it for a while and then I'll
1: every, approach something. Every single thing that the church, the Catholic church teaches is logical. There's nothing that we teach that's illogical. And so all you have to do is have the ability or have somebody to have the ability to connect the dots, you know, and if you have somebody to connect the dots, you can always explain any church teaching in a logical manner because everything that church teaches is logical. Now, logic has never really converted people or it has, but it's rare. Usually it's a movement of the heart that converts people. So you can have logic on your side. You can argue using that logic, but if that other person's not open, that logic's not going to you might plant a seed, but you're not going to. W- w- very. If you're in an argument, of, if you're in a religious argument to win, you're in it for the wrong reasons. All right. It's not a matter of winning. It's a matter of sharing. You, the open sharing of, of ideas, like I said earlier. And again, that's a, a Bishop Barron thing. I stole from him, so I'm giving him credit, which I very much agree with. So anyhow, 7950122 is our number. So we're going to have a student from Saint Scholastica, or a former student from Saint Scholastica. It's going to be calling in. Oh, look, let me see. So, is she on the phone? I don't think she. Oh, this is not on the phone. Gloria from Duluth wants to let him know. I'm assuming that's me. That you like the conversation with Britt. That's your that's your sister, right? Oh no, Britt. I'm oh, sorry, Britt. It's Bryn. and she is a former student of Saint Scholastica. So, Gloria. All right. So Bryn's not on the air, but she's listening in. So uh, she wants to let you know that she liked the conversation with Bryn. She's a former student at St. Scholastica. So, all right. She appreciates that. So thank you for calling in, Gloria. And uh, we want other people to call in. And that's 877 right. So we have a uh, question submitted right here. Is the Latin Mass any more true of a Mass? So that didn't, that didn't come from a caller. That came from Bryn, who's sitting alongside of me. So, uh, is the Latin Mass any more of a Mass? No, it is not. And so, um, uh, here's the challenge. Sometimes, uh, and I'm not making a blanket statement, but a lot of people that that um uh, you know want like the auto-orientum, the Latin Mass, the traditional um uh, Mass. Lots of times they struggle with mass in the in the um uh, dialect you know in 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 Engl- in English in our case, and so i've had a lot of experiences with people that that are very much into the traditional mass the Latin mass that actually start to question the validity of the english mass that's a problem that you know that's a problem with the um, uh, the lefeites you know the society of Pius X when they broke away from uh, uh Rome. Uh, in order for them to come back if any of them want to come back into union, they have to agree that the the mass in English is valid and uh, because that's a big uh, uh, that's a big sticking point. A lot of people that are really into the traditional Latin mass think that theirs is better, and so then they look down on people that don't do it that way and I've seen that in clergy you know I've seen clergy that have been that way, and that's a big problem you know that's a big problem and so the beauty of the Ancient liturgy is no doubt there. It's objectively a a reality, uh, but um, it's not any more valid, and people need to be very careful about that. Okay, we do have somebody on the phone. We have Damien. Damien, are you there? Yep. Damien, how old are you, if you don't mind my asking? I'm 10. 10, okay. Damien, I I, want to hear in the 10 years of wisdom you have what your great question is. And Damien, what town are you from?
0: Um, Holly.
1: Okay, from Holly. All right. What's your question, Damien? Um,
0: do you have any tips for paying attention at math?
1: Wow, Aww, that that's that so cute. that is a very good question, Damien. I I do you sometimes have a hard time paying attention. Sometimes, I mean, you can say yeah. See, if you were at my church, you'd really have a hard time paying attention because it's like, well, my homily just drag on and on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, and so, right. so you know, I mean, I can understand because, you know what, Damien, even priests sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes even priests have a hard time paying attention because, you know what, it's like, you know, if you go to like, a, you know, if you play a video game, you play, go to a hockey game, there's a whole bunch of different things that are happening, right? But at Mass, it probably seems like the same thing all the time, doesn't it?
0: So it's
1: it's kind of hard to pay attention. But, but, you know, I mean, if you're listening to the words really carefully to all the parts of the Mass, everything that happens in the Mass is super, super important, even if you've heard it a thousand times before that. And so if you're really paying attention to the prayers that are being said, even if you don't understand it, you try and figure it out, that's one good way. But another thing is that, like, when you start to get distracted, I, I remember when I was younger, I had somebody, it was a priest who told me, he said, whenever you get distracted by something when you're praying, pray about the thing that you get distracted about. So, Damien, do you have any brothers or sisters? Yep. Okay, what do you have, a brother or a sister, or both? Both. Okay, so let's say you're sitting in Mass, and all of a sudden, like, your brother or your sister start to distract you, or you start thinking about them. But you should do what this priest said to me. He said, you should pray for that thing that distracts you. So if you're thinking of your brother or your sister is distracting you or anything else, then you should or some if you're thinking a friend at school, you pray for that person right when that thought comes into your mind. Then the distraction itself actually becomes a prayer. Does that make sense?
0: I think, yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, all right, Damien, That's that's a good thing. Don't think that it, that there's nothing. It's everybody gets distracted at uh, at mass from time to time. So don't think it's necessarily a really Uh, bad thing, but you always want to try and stay on track with it. Okay. All right. So great question. Thank you very much. That's a good question. All right. Thanks for listening, Damien. All right. See, we get questions from all ages and I could tell that Damien was a a, a young man that was wise beyond his years.
2: I always tell my kids to repeat what they're saying in their head, to stay focused.
1: To repeat what they're saying in their head? Yeah. Like
2: when you're talking, they're just repeating it exact. Like oh, really? right after you say it, yeah, really in their head.
1: So they're repeating me.
2: I hope so. I, I have some attention problems, and that's what I do.
1: You do, mm-hmm. really? Sometimes. Yeah. I always say that the part of the mass that people probably get most distracted in, and I don't know if this is true, is the like the first reading, because lots of times it's the Old Testament, and, like it's such an unfamiliar thing, and there's lots of names and stuff like that that are that are being said that we don't understand, we don't, we're not familiar, and so I always say that that's when people tend to f- fall off into their pious comas is during the last, like the first reading, but it could be anywhere. But anyhow, I, I also
2: a, talk to my boys too, like what, you know, during the time that everybody's going up for the Eucharist, I'm like, what do you want to pray for? What do we have? You know, I'm yeah. kind of communicating with them to keep them.
1: And that's a that's the, that's the key thing. I think that a lot of parents wonder, how do they get your kids to be interested in mass? You know, because so many people, they don't even, when they have little kids, they don't want to go to mass because the kids are crazy. But the trick is, and it really is a trick, a fine line when you have young kids, how do you keep them sincerely interested in the Mass? Because in the end, that's what's going to keep them faithful Catholics. If you as a parent can get your kids to truly be interested in what's going on in the Mass, it's a trick. But if you can do that, then that, I think, is going to be the strongest thing to keep them faithful to go to Mass attendance for the rest of their lives.
2: And they got the Magnificat kids, for too? Kids, yeah, yeah. Those, are yeah
1: pretty, those are very helpful. Pretty. Yeah. All right, so we still have time for some phone calls, 877-795-0122. For all you other listeners, you had a 10-year-old show a lot more courage than you guys are probably thinking, oh, do I call or do I not call? And so don't let a 10-year-old show you up, although Damien was, I mean, obviously he was a kid of courage and so a great question, but don't hesitate to call. If a kid can do it, you can do it, 877-795-0122. There's always questions, you know. I, don't, I go into classrooms, I go into any type of setting, Cindy, and I always get theological questions. As a priest, well, here's the guy, here's our opportunity to ask theological questions. So I know everybody's got questions. You know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions that are out there, just that people just don't want to take the extra effort to make the phone call, 877-795-0122, or on our Facebook page if you want to be anonymous. You can be anonymous by the phone call, too. You just don't even have to be on the air.
2: Well, we have Mi- Michaela Doyle. Her kids are in for serving, so we're starting to build
1: this list up. Well, apparently, you're getting some text messages <laughs> while we're on the air here. Yeah, well, yeah, because
2: well, people have questions.
1: Yeah, I'm all in favor of getting the servers sometimes. getting back. I mean, I even have because I've got a school here. I've got servers during weekday masses usually before COVID.
2: When do they start serving? What
1: grade? Uh, I've been having them started fourth grade, I believe, fourth or fifth okay. grade. Yeah, so 877 795 This is your opportunity to ask a theological question of a guy who claims no theology. And uh, I hope that I can give you a right answer. 877 795 is the number. Are there any questions from you, Cindy? I know I have to give the approval. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure. Nothing's popping in my mind, but...
1: You know that we're still in Christmas. I said Merry Christmas to you at the beginning of the show.
2: Mm-hmm, I did realize that. Okay, yep. so
1: when does Christmas end, Cindy?
2: Maybe Tomorrow. I'll start asking you... No.
1: I'm no? i start giving you theological questions. Uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't.
2: Sometime in January.
1: You're right. <laughs> Here, Okay, when is the traditional date that the Christmas tree is taken down at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome? Now, it might... Oh. I mean, this year they might be doing something different, but traditionally, what's the date that it's taken down? You know?
2: No, tell me.
1: The traditional date is February 2nd. Really? Yep, that's oh, the Feast of the Presentation of Our Lord. So, okay. in the past, especially in European countries, that was the end of the Christmas season. But for us, this year in particular, it's the uh, baptism of the Lord, which we'll be celebrating on Sunday. That's the uh, last day of Christmas. So, then you can take your tree down, after, and you should after that. Okay.
2: So, does it actually fall on that day, though? Or Sunday. we just celebrate? Okay. Yeah,
1: we'll celebrate I mean, Monday. Christmas is kind of weird season where it's like, Christmas doesn't always fall on Sunday, and so it falls on different days of the week, and it kind of changes our liturgical schedule every year is a little bit different. Whereas Easter is always Easter Sunday, so it's like it's more regimented, so to speak, or more, or, or you know, ordered. The Christmas season is always kind of confusing.
2: Um, we are getting a question, but just in between. You know how how are things in Rome when you're there for Christmas and New Year's? I mean, how's I love it. Why,
1: why are you making me depressed again for not being Ooh. there?
2: Ah, uh, well, you know, sometimes I like to torture. The thing you. about
1: the thing about Rome, Christmas in Rome in particular. Well, there's a lot of particulars, but their manger scenes are amazing, like amazing. Like every church tries to outdo the other church with their manger scenes. It's like you can't believe what they do for their crush scenes. And some of them are up all year round. Not not a lot of them, but some of them are. Some, I want to see
2: pics. You're going to have to take pics of that. Have you ever taken pics?
1: Yeah, I've taken a few pictures. I, I usually am there often enough to where I don't need to take pictures of, of Rome. But uh, mm. but I've got a few pictures on my phone of some of their major scenes. But pictures never do justice to anything. No, know? it doesn't. So, yeah. Uh, looks like we're going to have a another listener question coming in. Oh, and it's green, too. Is is she, Deb, are you on the air or not? She's not on the air. So. From Mitchell, South Dakota area, would like to know how to explain the Immaculate Conception to a second grader who is preparing for her first communion. I'd almost want to get Damien on the line to probably answer that question because I got a sense that he could probably do that. So the Immaculate Conception, Deb, good question. Second grader, it's always a challenge, of course, but this is the way I've always done it with uh, little kids. So... The Immaculate Conception is Mary is conceived without sin. So it's Mary who is sinless. And I would say you would never, and I've done this at a school mass before. I remember at a school mass one time I I got this muddy water. I got a bunch of mud outside. Snow wasn't on the ground yet. Muddied the water, totally all muddy. And then I got a pair of white socks that I had never worn before. I had just gotten them. I had had never worn them. And I said to the kids, okay, I'm going to wash these socks. They're as white as can be, and I'm going to put them in this water, and I'm going to wash them. Would that clean them? Would that keep the socks clean? No, it would not keep them clean. And so Mary, in essence, is the pure water that in which Christ came through, that pure vessel that he came through to, to do the cleaning, so to speak. You know, and so uh, dirty water does not clean white socks. And so the pure, and I'm talking second grader talk here now, and so the purity of the Virgin Mary to being the perfect pure vessel in which Christ was to come through, the sinless vessel uh, to to clean the rest of our world. I don't know if that makes sense, Deb.
2: Oh, that's think, a good one for her. She's going to have fun explaining that. You did a good job.
1: Yeah, you can. Well, you can even go and do it yourself. I think. I think it's a good uh, analogy. I think it's a good analogy for little kids to to see. Because I mean, even in, in a ma- masses on a regular basis. I'm not a big props guy in my masses. I don't bring props. But even in my childhood, I remember the masses in which the priest brought something out. Because that I don't remember the message, or sometimes I do, but I remember the prop that came out. And so. I don't know. Maybe there's, there's some wisdom to have prop So that prop, for it was a school mass. I brought it out in my last parish. And uh, I always liked the prop, and I uh, just haven't used it again. So It's good for kids.
2: Yeah. And Snickers, I heard. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't used to do know. That too. I haven't seen those. Is that a COVID mm, thing? Yeah,
1: that's, no, it's a former thing. It's my it's my early childhood of my priesthood. I used to do that a lot. Oh. So we just have a couple of minutes left. And so uh, I don't know if we're taking any more calls, but if we are, it's 877 795 that
2: spread out nicely, don't you think?
1: It was. You know, so I stand somewhat corrected to the listeners that we did have a couple of courageous people mm-hmm. that called in at the early segment of the call-in show of, of a Straight Talk, and we're coming towards the end of that now before we're going to have our break. But uh, yeah, so um, uh, you you can do, I think they do a Straight Talk every day, I believe, maybe mm-hmm. not on uh, Real Presence Live, but you have plenty of opportunities to call in when you have a theological question, and you can always do it anonymously, that's sometimes the best way of doing it. And so, uh, um, yeah, so this has been good. Yeah, and and even good you job. came up with a fairly good question, Cindy.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. And our guest. Like, yes. We had a group effort here. Yes, and,
1: which I'm grateful for. All right, so you've been listening to Real Presence Live, and when we come back, we are going to have, I think, a first. We're going to have a sitting congressman, at least during my time, on Real Presence Live. That will be after our break.